Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the only place where you'll learn of the bits and bites of the cosplay world, convention coverage, cosplay guests, spotlights, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy getting a look into bringing a character to life. This is Cosplay Bites. All right. Long time no see, guys. Um... (laughs) I'm back with another episode of Cosplay Bites, and this time around, I have the ever-so-lovely Lara Lunardi. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Yep. So, in talking with her in the lead-up to this, we decided to... Basically, this episode is kind of revolving around her, so it could be like a pseudo-interview, but mainly with her, um, I'd say, experience in being somewhat involved in the gaming industry and all the kind of things she'd been doing lately. It's just been very inspiring, and I wanted to talk to her about that for you guys for today. Yeah, that's really nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so August has started, and this marks the five-year anniversary of me starting up my blog. So um, today... Well, for Friday, um, or no, today, Thursday, uh, a post already went up on Akakioga's Lucina from Fire Emblem, and then I got a Struck First for tomorrow, as well as a small business shout-out for the month, and a couple of other more diverse, wide selection of cosplay that either I haven't featured before or one that I haven't shown off in a really long time, along with uh, rebranding my blog, new logos and whatnot for both my blog and my Patreon and all that good stuff. That's awesome. Good for you. Five years, that's that's pretty crazy. Five years and almost close to 850 posts. That's amazing. Both wow. done by me. Yay! Yay. <laughs> that is something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. So, I first found Lara, I think... Just by browsing cosplays, and then I got won over by your bikini Samus. Oh my god, yes! The rest is history. I got a cosplay. (laughs) It is, yeah. Yep. History, yeah. Oh boy, I remember that costume. I'm very embarrassed of it. (laughs) Yeah? Yes, I am. It's, it's... Huh? What? No, it's just, it's very revealing, and, like, I, I, I don't know, I when I was 18, I was all about that kind of stuff, but I feel like I grew out of it. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. But then, that's when I fell in love with all your other Samus cosplays, and, I mean, <laughs> you, you've pretty much done Samus to a T. Yeah, with, I'm pretty like, obsessed. <laughs> but you got the bikini, you got the original zero suit the justin bailey outfit and then the full-blown various suit as long along with photos of it where you edited it to make it like um the fusion suit is that the purple one oh that's actually not edited i actually painted the suit oh no 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 no. yeah yeah, oh no that's right the gravity suit, yeah. No, gravity I repainted suit. it. Yeah. So I I went first for the classic. Um, my cat's here. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, no one's gonna see it. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? She's just she's just laying down on me. Um, so I started off with the with the orange design, and it was meant to be the classic one, but I just didn't feel like the colors of you know like of the costume were very pleasing. So I ended up painting it uh, purple, and my plan now is to do the Faison suit. So I have to paint it silver and black, and then I'm gonna go to the copper tone as opposed to the orange, and then I'll just leave it at that. So you just you're gonna go through every single outfit, and then you're gonna end it back at the original Varia suit, but a different shade. Yes, I am. That's a clever way of doing it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the paint won't chip because oh, yeah. you know that that could very well happen. Um, it's it's an experiment, and I already want to make a whole other outfit. You know, like a brand new one, like a more legit. Every more. time I finish a costume, I just I want to get back to it and redo it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I I definitely wrote about it on my blog. Guys should go definitely check it out. I remember. Um, yeah, and you did other outfits like Morgan. Yes. Um, Fallout. You love Fallout. I freaking love Fallout. Fun fact about Morgan. Um, when I made that outfit. I was 18, and um, the sewing work wasn't bad, but I got better um, throughout the years. And um, when I was, I think I was like around 19, I looked at the costume one day and I was like, this is garbage. And I threw it in the trash. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, ever since I have gotten rid of that costume, I have not been able to have the same shape going on and the same quality of seams ever since. I have no idea why. I've tried to take on that project back at least six times and oh, it wow. never looks. Yeah. I'm thinking of even commissioning it because it's just, I, I can take on any project, but that one for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah. So weird. It is. Uh, other outfits I'm trying to think of. Uh, you did Chun-Li. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yes, I did. And then... Black Widow. Black Widow, yes. That is actually a real replica from the movie. So it's like a oh, legit. The suit? Yeah, oh, wow. it's like, yeah, it's very legit. I'm just looking at all my prints, see if it had an outfit that some girl's wearing and I know, oh wait, yeah, Laura made this. <laughs> oh wait, uh, yeah. I mean, have you ever noticed that like in cosplay there's costume trends just like in fashion? It's like a cosplayer will do, let's say, um so from looking here, I see the black cat, right? Like and it comes in waves. Black cat's not a character that just came out, but right. When one person does it, everyone else starts doing it. And that's normal. I'm fine with that. It's pretty cool. But it's just interesting to see that it follows the same pattern as fashion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I definitely remember certain crazes like um, Misty was a craze from Pokemon. Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Oh, uh. yeah. Yep. Oh, Elsa. I remember Elsa was a Oh, crazy. yeah. You're right. Elsa's everywhere. You look. Elsa's everywhere. Deadpool the, for the boys. All the Tifas. Tifas. Yes. Which made my heart happy. Yes. All the Starfires made my heart happy. Yes. <laughs> so and, and it's still going on. Like, Starfire is super popular still because of the reboot, right? 
Well, because of the re... Well, you mean the TV show that doesn't look very good? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't... I haven't watched a TV show yet. I don't think it's out. There's just like a... a you know, the, there's just like a little trailer that I watched. Oh, yeah, on it. for the incoming show. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not bothered by the characters. I think they all look really legit. And I think that the, the first shots of Starfire that came out, they were not very flattering. But I think nope. it makes sense. And I got the chance to meet D-Up at Comic-Con and watch a panel of uh, young women that are making it in the industry. And she was one of the speakers. And I'll have to tell Tell you that oh wow she was yeah she was fantastic i'm very glad i got to meet that woman and uh she is on top of her stuff she not only does you know like big movies and and big series that are funded by people with lots of cash she also does a lot of indie stuff so i have a lot of respect for her i want to see her acting as Starfire because I, I have a feeling that she's gonna nail it and I also have a feeling that a lot of people don't like how she looks because of her skin tone I've seen a lot of very racist comments and that makes me very upset I'm sure yeah yeah I've seen that go around like she even she even took off her social media because it was gotten out of hand that is yeah it's not okay um yeah. Yeah, same thing with Sylvanas this week. People are not pleased with how evil she is, it seems. So they're attacking the developers. Like, that's not something you should do. Yeah, just, I don't know. Geek culture can be quite vicious if things don't go their way. Like Yeah, I mean, we're all very passionate, right? Like, we right. tend to defend what we're passionate about. But I just feel like when when not all geeks are developers, not all geeks are production workers or filmmakers so right. they only understand the fandom they don't understand necessarily the creative <laughs> process behind it so they don't have much respect for that and um, as someone yeah. who works in both fields i can tell you that i feel like that makes me a little bit more open to redesigns and to right. things that are non-traditional right um i mean because, I mean, that, that Titan show is going to be on DC's streaming service. So I don't know if they'll let people have it for free for, like, the first 30 days. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Just the whole F Batman thing kind of threw me off because it's like, uh, it's not my Dick Grayson. Nope. Uh-uh. Yep. I, I know. I get nope. it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was Jason Todd, I'd, under, I'd be un more understanding, but nope. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I cannot imagine how critical I would be if a Metroid movie was ever made. Heck, I'm very critical of the games themselves. Like when they put out other M, I was like, that is not the Samus I know. But it was still an okay game. Yeah. I never played it. I think I heard too many bad things about it that turned it me is not that it. bad. It's fun to play. It's not traditionally Metroid, but that doesn't bother me. Anymore. I mean, I'm. I've never cleared a traditional Metroid game in my life. <laughs> See, so the, there you go. Yeah, so I mean, uh, look at it with fresh eyes. I think yeah. that's a wonderful experience. Yeah. I've tried Metroid Prime. And I I couldn't do it. Really? Why is I, that? I don't know. I think I got past the first boss, and then I just like, okay, what do I do now? Oh my god, I'm gonna like, hit I, you. Like Let's I need, like I need a game guide, to, and I never got a game guide. I just like, I. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, no, it can be a tricky game. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, hidden spots and like the, 
the uh, I think that like uh, what makes a game good is not necessarily how just fun it is to play, but also how well the players can understand a game. That's really important because, like yeah. you said, you stop playing it because you couldn't figure out what to do, and that's normal. I did too. I I had a my first Metroid runs are always with a walkthrough because I can never figure out what to do, and uh, that's yeah. flaw in game development, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> so. Before we dive a little deeper, um, you helped out in advertising this episode, and I got some people who are asking some questions. Awesome. So I figured I'll, let, I'll read through some of these, and I'll try yes. to pronounce your handle if I butcher it. Oops. <laughs> uh, I have... What is this? I got at uh, Hirsch Dude asking when were you aware you wanted to come to the u.s to study it seemed you prepped in advance given your english mastery <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny because i when i when i came to the u.s my english was pretty terrible and i was made fun of the entire time by the friends i was friends with at the time by um classmates by everyone like it just the conversation about treating your immigrants well i hadn't started yet and um it, it was it was very customary of me to be made fun of so i was self-conscious and um I started to take it more seriously and I feel like it's just easy for me for me to like blend into a culture and to like hear things and understand how they're pronounced yeah. like maybe because of my music background but no I never actually took official English classes in order to move here it was all through video games that you know like my parents they were just sick and tired of having me ask them to translate stuff because they spoke English not fluently like they, they're not fluent they come here and they ask me for help now but back yeah. then they knew some of it and I was a six-year-old that really wanted to <laughs> figure out what to do in Zelda so they gave me um, a dictionary and that's how I figured out Oh. Yeah. I would mispronounce pretty much everything, but that came with time. Yeah. Yeah. Um I uh oh, same person. Uh have any of your assets or design ideas made it into available games? Yeah, no, they have. Um so I've done very minor 3D and 2D projects, um, a lot of like mobile games. So when I was in college, I was pursuing 3D art. That's what I thought I wanted to become. And it's it's really normal that like in a degree like this, you feel kind of like you want to lean towards something that you might not end up becoming. Yeah. Because... I feel like right now the game development programs teach you everything. They teach you from writing a story to making 3D models and to rigging yeah, a character. Cool. Yeah, putting in a skeleton. So they're preparing you kind of to be an indie gamer. But what they don't tell you is that if you actually want to make it into something like this, you probably should go through a college program 
that will only teach you 3D or that will only teach you 2D art. So you can truly master those skills. And at the time, I definitely wasn't a master, but I somehow managed to um, make it into my DigiCat or, you know, make it into like, ah, my, it wasn't my DigiDog, but it was basically like the following game with the dog. I don't even remember. It was really cute though. <laughs> They're like pet games. Um, yeah. My first one was DigiCat, I believe, and it was just so you know, the game came out on the BlackBerry. Oh, that's who has a bl- I know. Um, eventually, it made it to iOS and Android, but it was funny because we got so many downloads because no one develops for BlackBerry, so it was kind of cool. It was a it was an interesting experience, and since then. I've mostly been doing production stuff and anything that's related to like putting a team together somehow. I'm, I guess I'm good at telling people what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then I got one more question by, oh, for God's sakes. I got two different windows opened up from at warded microbe 36. Uh, asks, is it fun designing games or is it hard and are you ever short on ideas? Um, It can be both. I think that part of um, being a professional in the field is that you have to deliver a project no matter whether you're short on ideas or not. You have to make sure that they work and you have to make sure that whoever is consuming these products is happy about it, right? So yeah, there are awful days. They're great days, but I don't know. It's just a very so much. Uh, I'm definitely sure on ideas a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there is there is like, I, I don't know. I don't have a happy place where I go to to get cre- creativity flowing or something like that. Um, it just sort of happens. It varies with mood, with what's going on in my life. Um, but no matter what. I have to make sure that whatever I am delivering, whether it's a freelance project or whether I'm on a full-time position, I have to deliver my best because that's what I'm expected and that's what I'm paid to do. Right. So I think that it's not it's not just about the creativity. It's right. Like, yeah. Okay. So that's it for the question that I got. Um, um, if you don't mind, I would like to go back to the very first question because he asked me that, right? Like he asked me um, about the planning of my move. And I just, this is not a story that I tell people a lot, okay. but it was actually, it was unexpected. I didn't finish high school being like, oh, I'm going to move to America and that's what's going to be it. My parents... <laughs> My parents, they sent me for a one month. Um, I don't know. It was like an English course, but it was only three right. hours a week. And really, like, I just got to go around and do stuff and explore. And I was 17 years old and I had no clue of what I was doing. And I met a group of friends that I'm very close with. Um, they're not in the cosplay world or anything. Um, if anything, they're more of like, I would say um, they're into the fighting game community because that's something I was huge oh, okay. fan of. Yeah, and I just click with them. And um, they showed me that here I could study game development. 
in Brazil, that's not something that I ever had the option because I had gotten into engineering school at that age. And um, that's a big deal. It was a big deal to my parents. And I didn't give a rat's ass because I didn't want to be an engineer. I wasn't good at physics. I was struggling and I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to carry on. And when I was presented with the idea of making games for a living, that it it sounded very attractive. And um, I moved here and I went to a really, really crappy school. I'm going to drop their name just because I I don't care. Uh, I went to Mount Sierra College. No one's ever heard of it, but they accepted me like this. Oh, my God. I just hit myself in the head by accident karma um but yeah they accepted me super fast and um when i came back to brazil i already had signed um, a lot of documents um that basically meant that they were going to provide me with the student visa right right and okay my parents didn't want to let me come because they were like no you're 17 shut up you don't get to choose anything <laughs> you're gonna be an engineer and i i'm very insistent like I'm, I'm notoriously insistent. Ask my coworkers, ask friends, ask anyone that has had a deal with me. If I have an idea on my mind and I think there's a remote chance of it working out and doing something great in the future for me, I will not let go of it. And um, yeah, I basically just got them real tired. And it was it was like a whole month of me like every day going to my mom being like, mom, you know, I'm not going to be an engineer, right? And she's like, oh my God, I'm not sending you to the US. It's expensive. You have school for free here. You have everything for free in Brazil. Why are you going to the US? <laughs> and I was like, but, but, but can I study game development in Brazil then? And, I, and they wouldn't let me because it was a two-year uh, program. It wasn't an official college degree yet. By now, that I believe they do have uh, some four-year programs, hmm. but um, they wouldn't let me because they're like you're gonna graduate and you're not gonna get any jobs and unfortunately they are correct about that um the the scarcity of jobs in that field in brazil is immense even bigger than here so i i ended up just convincing them and they good for you yeah it was very difficult and very stressful on both ends mine and theirs but i'm here i graduated it's been (laughs) almost six years so yeah yeah yeah, so your your parents pretty much put you into engineering school? Um, it was my choice because funny enough, I didn't think I was going to be able to get in. But do you want to hear an even more funny story? Is that the person that so the basically the system in Brazil to get into public school is very difficult because it's free and it's really good education. So okay. there's a lot of people competing for the the slots. And um the person had scored only five points above me, but they gave up. They were like, oh, I don't want to go to engineering school. So they picked me instead. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so I just, uh, I didn't have an excuse to not go to like a school that was so good. It was all paid for. And it was a program that to my family's eyes was going to have me set for life. Granted, I would probably be making a lot more money as an engineer right now at this moment but oh I, yeah i just wouldn't be very happy same exactly same boat on my end my yeah. parents put me in computer science for programming yeah i was always on my laptop growing up and i kind of still am um 
but it was like and i wanted to do game design because of my yeah. friend who actually did game design up at a college in i want to say vermont and now he's out in california i think doing game design i think yeah but i took a couple like a week-long program at the same school that my brother graduated from and i did not like it it was just very bored like programming like stuff in front of a computer like staring at a computer screen just doing some programming yeah and then that turned me off a of game design and i wanted to do animation yeah so cool. that my parents thought computer science with a minor in art but i i despise programming because both of my that's what both of my parents did Oh, and, the programmers. Yeah, and they don't like their they're, they they have days where they don't like their job, and I'm like, I don't want to be like that. So, I eventually yeah. transferred to a, another school where I eventually graduated from, and um, I tried out an animation course, didn't like it. <laughs> Good. So then, At least you tried it, and that's yeah. so important because so many people enroll into these super expensive schools and they don't have any like your first year in college you can bet you're not going to get to see how the industry actually is like they're just gonna hit you with the basic stuff and you're gonna think it's okay and then it's like not until your second year that you're like oh maybe i don't like this right and i'm so glad you had that experience because that's that's great oh so, yeah and so then they were like uh, okay well you don't want to because it was my degree was in graphic design with a focus in animation, but then they then they decided to swap my focus into web design, which is still like programming. So I still yeah. kind of hate it, but it was like the only thing we can do to make sure that you're not still in school for who knows how many more years. Because I had already finished three years, yeah, and then I transferred. So they essentially gave me an extra year above the quote unquote like normal amount of time people go to college for. Well, I, I took my sweet time to graduate. Um, I, I transferred schools a lot. You know, um, my first school, it was not only terrible, the staff was also not very friendly. Oh, boy. And yeah, and something had happened, something very serious that got swept under the carpet. And I decided that if they were not going to back me on that, I had to leave. So I did. And I moved to Seattle and I finished, um, I finished, um, the rest of gaming school that I had to do up there. And it was a great experience, very different people, completely different college. Um, I got an internship with robot chicken, um, here in LA and uh, I decided to transfer. Yeah, it was great. It was a good experience. Um, and then I, I moved to LA and I finished my last year here. So that put me short of like, I don't know, I graduated maybe like six months to a year after what I should have. I don't, I don't think necessarily that's a big deal. Like, sure, more money goes into it. But if you think about yeah. it, when you're when you're 18, do you do you think you necessarily know what you want to do for the rest of your life? You probably don't, right? Like, you're probably no, very young. I don't think yeah. I did. I had an idea, but I wasn't too completely sure. Yeah, it's it's really rough. And they're taking you out of high school. You're a child. Because as much as we think that we're grown-ups, like, now that I look back, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'm very lucky that I got into something that is considered media arts. 
So if I'm not doing games, I have the opportunity to hop into design, or I have the opportunity to hop into animation, or I have the opportunity to hop into movies. But I'm right. lucky. Can you imagine someone who went to law school? They can't. They can't be an engineer just if they feel like it, right? It's it's really rough. Right. They don't. They don't have a lot of options to deviate from. No, they don't. Like if, I think if lawyering doesn't work out for them, yeah. Yeah. Well, my sister, um, she's a she's a good example. She graduated at age thirty. Um, she went through first uh, physical, like it. It would be basically like she was training to be a you know like a a gym instructor or like someone who works with physical therapy. And then she was told by my dad that that wasn't fit for her, and um, that was like he wasn't proud of that as a choice. So unfortunately, she was. She was a fantastic professional in that field, but because of that sort of thing, like she changed, right? She went to architecture, which is what both my parents' majors is. She didn't like it. And then she went through law school. At the end of law school, she didn't like it either. Hmm. But she graduated and she got, she's still working on the field, but it's like, it's really rough. Career is like a very, it, it's, it's a very delicate thing. And I feel like our, our educational system is just not preparing us for happiness or for, I don't know. Right. There needs to be a change, right? Yeah, there should be. I don't know. Um, so would you say cosplay has like kind of like enhanced or like, I don't know how to say it, like helped out in what you're doing now? Because one of the other things that you're doing for people who don't know, is that you partnered with, oh, I want to say singer. Yes. Okay. I thought I was going to get my sewing machine company mixed up. No, you're right. Yeah. You partnered up with singer to do Mm. a show that's called Geekin' It, and you basically have guests on the air, and you make outfits or stuff based around video games using quote-unquote the provided sewing machinery given to you yeah you are correct uh it is a singer partner show we make all sorts of things from sewing to crafting um this friday there's a new episode that's gonna go up in the air and we made the Fortnite llamas so i'm not only getting to like work with singer sewing company i'm actually having the opportunity to partner with game companies to you know sort of get this type of content out there to make sure that their audience is able to see something different rather than just gameplay because i i feel like that's super important like when you are passionate about a franchise you want to know more about it right and it's it's something that just like it spikes creativity in people and that's like I'm, i'm very fortunate that this is happening because cosplay has only helped me and i'll be honest with you in college i had an instructor i'll never forget the day that he went through my website and uh, this was that first crappy college by the way because the other ones they were super supportive of it um he told me that it was extremely unprofessional and that i look like a prostitute oh god Oh God, indeed. Oh, I was no. like, oh friend, uh, this is this is bad. You probably shouldn't tell your student that. But he said that it was extremely unprofessional and that no game companies are looking to hire girls just because they're hot. So it isn't my fault that he was uneducated to the point he couldn't see the artistic, like um, you know, like the artistic stuff behind it. That's right. 
his problem. But I took that to heart. And I thought that cosplay was just going to be taken as a hobby and that I was never going to be able to actually make it, make something out of it. And I am surprised to see that there's so many companies interested in the subject. And... I was going to say, yeah, you got a company that like they hire a cosplayer. They freaking, I think Blizzard, one of them I know with them partnering with like Zach Fisher when he does his crazy batshit crazy designs. Um, yeah. Borderlands, I think they're one. They're one company that does it. Well, not Borderlands. Two K. They like company will release like reference kits. Yeah. With like exact like color swatches of what goes where yeah. on which part of the outfit. And it's like definitely interesting. Square Enix, I think, does that too with some of their characters. Yeah, they do. I think that if if you are a game or media company and you're completely unaware that cosplay is taking the world by storm, like you're being left behind. Um, when I partner with um, certain companies, they always tell me, they're like, oh, we see this cosplay thing and we know it's huge. And then I have to explain, you know, like a little bit of the community and I hope I'm doing a good job and I'm doing everyone justice. Um, right. But it's really interesting to see that it's such a big thing. Like, look at simplicity. They're making cosplay patterns just because there's so many people. There's so much money to spend on cosplay and to be made. Yeah. If you think about it, I think that I'm very, I'm, I'm just very fortunate that I'm able to use cosplay as something that goes along together with my career choice, because as of now, it's only benefited me. So screw you, college instructor. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know cosplayers like uh, Ricky Lakoti, um, Yaya Han, they partner with like Ricky does with simplicity. Yeah. I got partnered with Joanne Fabric. Yes. For her own legit fabric line. Yeah. And it's just interesting. Like all it's the shows wonderful. that have came out, like Cosplay Melee, Heroes of yeah. Cosplay. Yeah. yeah. I think um when I, I used to follow Yaya since I was 13 years old and same with all these cosplayers and uh, living in a small country, I never really thought that I was actually going to make it out here and have the pride to call some of these people my friends now. Um, Yaya is someone who I've always looked up to just to be to be, um, you know, like there, um, we're not friends. We're only acquainted. Um, her husband is a real nice dude, though. Um, I'm a huge fan of her work, and not just of her work, but also her work ethics, because she is not just thinking about, oh, what am I going to do today? And what, what, what character am I going to dress up so my fans are going to like it? She's thinking, she's paving a brilliant future she has paved. She already has the brilliant future, right? Like having your own fabric line, that is like ultimate career goals for me. It's fantastic. Although yeah. I have not studied fashion, I'm very knowledgeable of the subject and just seeing the way that she's done more than just release photos online or more than just do the basics. She's taken it a step further and it's truly inspiring. Like yeah, these she's... people, yeah. They're nuts, and I love them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely a pioneer in like bringing cosplay to the mainstream outlet. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's always sweet to talk with that con when I get to see her. Yeah. So. 
I think I've got to meet her a couple times. The first time I was, I had just moved here and like, I couldn't believe that she was standing in front of me and it was just no, it was crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> I get starstruck um, working in TV production. Like that, that might not be the best thing because like oftentimes, like I meet my YouTuber heroes, I meet my celebrity heroes because I either booked them for a show or I'm doing a show with them. And that's nuts. There's not a single time that like, I don't get home and like I cry because it's like, oh my God, I got to meet them. And like, I got to do something with them. Like how freaking crazy is that? Like I'm really humbled by these experiences. Yeah. Same with me when I, when I met, when I met Jessica for the first time, when I went to my first con. Yeah. So we went to see her and it was just, yeah, I was starstruck, and she knew who I was, too, because I was still active on her fan page and old yeah. website way back in the day. Yeah. I can't believe I said back in the day. Back in the day. Considering meeting her, it was and that's six years ago. Yeah, that's... 2012 with PAX East, when she won the Lollipop Chainsaw competition. That's awesome. Yeah. And I still get starstruck when I see her at Con, and I'm like, I really shouldn't, because we're kind of really close to each other and all these other cosplayers that I somehow managed to meet, including you. <laughs> so, I'm just a regular yeah. person. These, these people are, I don't know. Yeah. They are the amazing ones. I'm just here watching, taking notes, planning <laughs> the future. I'm, I, I'm nothing, but no, you're something. I want to be something one day, but I, I don't know. I'm too young. Too you're young. something to me. it's true um yeah anything else you wanted to add about the like cosplay being in the gaming industry stuff like that i think that whenever people talk to me about these subjects um there's always fear behind it and when i started college i was also sharing that sort of experience because I was constantly told by instructors and by industry professionals that it is ruthless out there. And if you're not likable, no one's going to ever give you a job. And if you're not extremely good at what you do, you're never going to make it. And I just wanted to say that that is not necessarily true. The industry is not made of assholes. That is something that I was under the impression because I was constantly told by my instructors that like, oh, no one's going to treat you right. You're going to basically going to be shit forever. And that's not true. It's it's super not true and it's not fair. And I, I hope that because I, I've seen so many classmates be discouraged by people that should be inspiring and encouraging them. And depending on where you go to school, I'm sure at USC that doesn't happen, right? Like, it's it's a great school. Um, but I know it happens in, in other for-profit schools and in other, like, game development programs. So I just, I just don't want people to feel discouraged by the people that should be teaching them that they should keep banging, you know, like, on the same key and keep, like, yeah. you know, just just do it. Because if you if you do give up, yes, of course, then then you're not going to make it. But if you don't, and if you keep trying, eventually you will find something. Yeah. That's it. Good <laughs> words. Good words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I gotta try to keep that in mind for my own difficulties with jobs. I I struggle with that too. I yeah. struggle with it. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah. Um. There any kind of cosplay that you think you'd want to talk about in terms of like an interesting like I don't know like selling technique or kind of something interesting that you made recently where you wanted to share like the process that went into making it or yeah we can i have so many things to talk about we're so never gonna run out of things to talk about this is gonna be a seven hour podcast Woo! Oh, buckle, up. Man, buckle up guys <laughs> um i think that recently what i had the most fun making was tricera ops from fortnite uh okay. that costume was extremely warm and I, I want you guys to learn from me and never make a, a costume out of leather because oh. that's going to kill you. I was sweating. There was like a stream of set, a sweat coming out of my arms. And I was so embarrassed. And I'm so glad that I was wearing gloves. So, yeah, it was pretty disgusting. Um, I, I think that this is more of like what you shouldn't do, right? Because I should have made the entire costume out of spandex. And I was like, no, it's a dinosaur. Leather is going to look cool. And it was very difficult to work with because it's like a thick material. So my machine, I used a heavy duty machine. That was the only thing that could sew through it. And uh, the patterning was extremely complicated to make that dinosaur head entirely out of sewing and not out of just gluing foam parts. Right. It was so hard to make. And I I was like, I was approached by, by them to just like show up at E3 in a costume. And I was like, yeah, yes, queen, I will do it. And then I made that costume in two weeks. It cost so much money. Because I had to outsource everything locally and I couldn't buy anything online. It wasn't going to get here in time. Oh, so yeah. it was, yeah, it was super expensive and it was a lot of labor, like intense, intense sewing for that one. But it was fun and I really liked the results. I used a real um, Jurassic World mask for it, like a, a mask that would open mouth for the, the prop. And okay. then I covered it. Yeah, I covered it in foam, and I did like the the glue dots to make sure it looked like a dinosaur skin. And yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was a really funny project. Yeah. yeah, and it came out good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you got nothing else to add, I guess we can wrap up. All right. For this episode, um. Be sure to follow Laura Lunardi pretty much every social media, right? Yes. Um, so my my agents changed my handle to everything Laura Lunardi now. So, okay. It was a surprise when I woke up one day. I was like, did I get hacked? <laughs> and it was just there. And I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. I don't mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then you got my stuff on my end, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Lightning costs, and then separate accounts for my blog, my blog itself. I got a Patreon that's free to view. And next month episode, at the moment, I believe my guest will be cosplayer Oh My Sophie. And then, if, oh my, yeah, 
what we're going to talk about, I have no idea. I'm going to assume she'll be at a con soon, so we'll talk about that. If not, um, I think I have a backup plan. So stay tuned for next month's episode, and...